Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. So last week we talked about one of the most important aspects of becoming a healthier you is building a community around you. Great discussion. If you have not had a chance, make sure you check out last week's episode. This week, we unfortunately talk about how community efforts can also come to an end. And obviously, if you've kind of followed the title, this week on recording will mark the end of the public health emergency declaration from the United States. Now, we've talked about this on, I think, our Real Physician Reacts episode of what this means. And obviously, we'll, we'll touch base on that. But I want to kind of give people an idea and really kind of start from the beginning and what it means to have a community effort. And this was a not only a nationwide, but an international effort to stop something. Most of the time when we're talking about our own personal community buildings, we're talking about, you know, uh, working on our blood pressure, working on our cholesterol, working on our weight, getting stronger, those types of things. But here you had an international effort to say, hey, we have this virus that is causing a problem and we need to do something about it as a collective. So when we fast forward to May 11th, because that's the date, that's the date that the United States is officially declaring that COVID-19 is no longer a public health emergency. I, I want people to remember what it looked like in 2020 when our first COVID case came around or when we first heard about this virus that was coming to the country. We knew it was coming to the country. We didn't know two and a half, three years later exactly the extent. And there are a lot of people, unfortunately, especially in this country, that are not here today because of that virus. There are a lot of friends and family members who continue to mourn and deal with the effects of the death associated with that virus. There are a lot of people, especially as the numbers continue to grow, who are still dealing with the remnants of this novel virus, the coronavirus 19. So I don't want to sing a doom and gloom song about the fact that these public health declarations are going to end. It was written on, the writing was on the wall. You had, again, you had a society who was just ready to move on. You had a government from a financial perspective who would say, hey, you know what? We are not going to continue to fund all of these preventative type efforts. We're not going to continue doing it. We think we've done enough. And honestly, I'm going to I'm going to talk about it because I'm going to give them some grace. And we're going to talk a bit. I'll show some stats earlier later today about, you know, what this campaign looked like as in a especially a national effort of community building. 
Because when we talk about community building, not only are we talking about education, not only are we talking about prevention, not only are we talking about doing things together, but more importantly, empowering others to do so. So when you have, you know, physician like myself who gets on their social media soapbox and says, hey, you need to be protected. You need to wear a mask. You need a social distance. That is a form of community. That is a form of a member of the community saying, hey, I'm going to take personal ownership to continue to pass the message. And in other instances where you have some people like, hey, I'm a part of this community too. And I'm going to take some energy to say, don't listen to the message. It happens both ways. You're never going to have a community where everyone is lockstep in the direction you want it to go. It just happens. The question is, what do you do when that occurs? What do you do when you get to a point that we have to say, okay, enough is enough. Uh, we have to quote unquote, move on and move on. I, I use those words very delicate because I know obviously there's people again, who, who were here in 2019, who are not here in 2023 because of this virus. So I don't want us to act like just moving on is just like, oh yeah, we'll just move on. Like as, as if there are no, you know, no, no, um, let's say damages, no damages along the way uh, during this journey. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you were probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. As well as because I'm speaking to more and more people who still continue to deal with the after effects of this virus. So again, I am not here to kind of brush off and say, hey, you know, it's about that time. It, it was going to happen. Um, it was going to happen for more political financial reasons um but there's some clinical reasons why you figured all right yeah this is probably going to go in this direction and what i implore and that's why i implored on the real physician reacts episode was understanding that just because the government has said hey you know what this community effort we're done we're done funding we're done you know putting the amount of support that we're doing does not mean that this is the end of the road because COVID isn't just going to disappear May 11th. It's still here. COVID's still going to affect people. COVID's still going to have its surges. COVID is still going to have its instances where you're going to want to make sure you're vaccinated, boosted, double boosted, whatever you need to do to protect yourself from COVID. Again, I'm, yeah, as a physician who takes care of patients in the hospital, uh, in the acute care setting, in a long-term care setting, in the rehab setting, I understand that I am not going to be immune to taking care of patients who are affected with COVID. Even though, again, as I speak in the year 2023, despite what the fanfare and the news and everyone who wants to just move on will tell you, I'm still taking care of patients who have been affected by COVID one way, shape, or form. I'm still taking care of patients who are continuing to have respiratory breathing issues because of COVID to this day. I'm still taking care of issues of patients who have vascular related problems due to COVID. I'm still taking care of issues of patients who have mental anguish due to the effects of COVID. Like that's just reality that we live in. 
So when we when we talk about us moving on, because this is you're going to get a lot of fanfare. You're going to see a lot of fanfare about it this week because, again, it is officially coming to an end. You know, I don't want to say the panic button and say, oh, my, you know, they're leaving me out to dry. Because you're still going to get physicians like myself and, and other content creators and other uh, healthcare providers and other scientists and other people who are just having public platforms continue to educate, continue to uh, want to make sure that you guys are getting the best information that you get to. But understand that because this public health emergency is the declaration of it is ending, things are definitely going to change. And this is something that I've kind of warned my audience about right now. As you know, depending on when you listen to this, because, you know, this episode comes out on the 8th. So you got about three days. If you want a free COVID test, guess what? You can get free COVID tests, especially in uninsured, not insured. It doesn't matter. If you want to get your vaccination, guess what? It's covered. If you want to get booster, guess what? It's covered. And it doesn't matter whether you're insured or not. It doesn't matter whether you can afford it or not. Guess what? It is covered. But guess what's going to go away once that declaration goes away with it? You're going to have this shift of the responsibility from the federal government funding these activities, funding the testing, funding the, uh, the vaccinations and medications and administration of to back to the private companies. And a lot of people, when they say they don't, like medicine or they distrust western medicine a lot of times it's not necessarily the medicine they have a problem with a lot of times it's the businesses who are in charge of said medicine you see a lot of the fanfare uh, when we discuss insulin and insulin prices because here you have an ingredient that is needed to save people's lives but some people have to choose whether they're going to eat, pay bills, or pay for their insulin. Cost is out of control. And it's out of control because the businesses say, hey, this is what it's worth. And you kind of, again, we've kind of had to navigate. So that's what's going to happen. The shift is going back to the private companies to man, not necessarily manufacture, but to deal with the administration of it. And obviously when I say deal with the administration of it, Dealing with how to get paid from it. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you're probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drberrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Because guess what? You're not getting a check from us no more. This is what the federal government says. You're not getting a check from us anymore. It's on you. And if it's on you, and this is the government talking to the companies, the company is going to say, hey, it's on you, the patient, because the company's not going to take a loss. The patients will always take the loss. So if you're insured, you got good insurance because it's one thing to be insured it's a more important thing to make sure you're not underinsured or can't even afford the cost of care with insurance because that's almost you almost want to be uninsured at that point. Well, not really, but you kind of get what I mean. So if you got great insurance, you're good. You got good copay, you're fine. You can handle it. But if you don't have insurance, now 
you know, that that illness that you felt that could be a cold, could be, you know, a headache, could be a migraine, could be COVID. You're going to have to come out that pocket to figure out how am I going to get tested? Because the, the free testing is going to slowly go away. I don't think it's going to abruptly go away. I don't think May 12th is going to come around and you can't find anyone who does free tests. That's I don't believe it's going to happen. But I do believe that as it continues to get further and further away from May 11th, 2023, it's going to be harder and harder for you to just get anything free associated with COVID-19. I think that's just the reality as it is. So again, I again, I said in the beginning, I do want to give grace, right? I do want to give grace of the largest community effort, especially in this country, to fight a problem. The largest community effort. Again, most of us will never live through another pandemic. I knocked on wood because I already know the second I see that or someone hears that, I'm like, oh, yeah, what are you, you're jinxing us, we're gonna have another one. So most of us will not see another pandemic in our lifetime. So to see the response that the government had uh, when we talk about President Trump and you know Operation Warp Speed, like to see the response that it had, it only happens when so many things kind of line up to the point where, again, and so many things, meaning the world is shutting down. You have this novel virus that a lot of people are getting. And because a lot of people are getting it, a lot of people are dying from it. A lot of things have to go quote unquote, right for you, for the nation, and more importantly, the international bodies to kind of get together and say, hey, what are we going to do against this disease? So let me, let's give, um, let's again, let's uh, just give a little fact so you guys can kind of see what, what's been going on these past uh, two plus years. So over the last two years, the Biden administration has effectively implemented the largest adult vaccination program in U.S. history. Guys, think about that. The largest adult vaccination program in U.S. history occurred two years ago. You, If you're listening or uh, watching this episode, you are a part of that. That is a part of your history. That is something that you're not going to be able to kind of shake. Yes, the government did that. It made sure a lot of people had the opportunity to get vaccinated under this public health emergency, which, again, is going away. With nearly 270 million Americans receiving at least one shot of a COVID-19 vaccine. As a result of these efforts, since the peak of the Omicron surge at the end of January 2020, for those who may not remember, the Omicron surge had us almost having, uh, at one point we had a million cases in a week. A million. Just to give you an idea of how bad the Omicron surge was. Daily COVID-19 reported cases are down 92%. COVID-19 deaths have declined over 80%, and new COVID-19 hospitalizations are down nearly 80%. Now, obviously, the reported the reported cases are down for lots of different reasons. Because, and I kind of talked about how the writing was on the wall. I'm in the state of Florida. You have places like the state of Florida who are outright just refusing to send the data refusing to send the data, purposely delaying the data, doing what they needed to do to make it so that you couldn't reliably look at that data and say, hey, I think that number is true. So you had that going across the country. So yes, you had lower number of reported cases. Doesn't mean you had that many total cases. It just means that you're not getting the reports there. 
But I do love the fact that, yes, we do have less deaths. Yes, we do have less, less hospitalizations. So clinically, they're looking at it saying, hey, like our markers are good. Like, why do we still need this public health emergency, especially if we know there are people in the government who are not going to fund it anyway, which is typically more Republican led. Like they weren't going to fund it anyway. So all of these things kind of happen and they say, hey, you know what? We're going to end it. We're going to end the restriction. We're going to end the emergency and we're going to put it back on the local authorities to be able to handle it. Because that was a big issue. One, the fact, yes, we had this new virus. We didn't know what that was about. But two, our local authorities could not handle the onslaught that was coming their way. So from a national perspective, we had to step in. And again, if you guys don't remember, we already did not have the best public health system in this first place. So imagine having a terrible public, I don't want to say terrible, a subpar public health emergency system already. That's your baseline, that your public health efforts are subpar. And now something like this happens where you have to get the whole country mobilized. So that wasn't going to happen on the local level. So you had to you had to kind of usurp some power and say, all right, we got this. We'll take care of that. And I, I think it was important, especially uh, when I talk about the new hospitalizations. This is something I clearly see because when I first started taking care of patients with COVID, we would take up entire wings just dealing with COVID, like entire wings dedicated to COVID patients. Now, maybe like five to ten. Not It's not that many, which, again, is a good thing, which I do attribute to the largest vaccination program, you know, in this country, right? A lot of people got vaccinated. And, and this was something that we said, we said, hey, if you get vaccinated, we know what's going to happen. Just like for those who, and y'all know, if y'all follow me, I'm, I'm big on the flu shot. Get vaccinated, you're going to have less rates of flu. And, you know, people listen, they don't listen. And we have the rates of flu the, the way we have it. But you had this pandemic, you had this new virus, and a lot of people are rushing to get that vaccine. So, yes, we were able to slow down some of the spread. We were able to slow down the rate of transmission. We were able to do these things. And, of course, yes, a variant comes here, here and there, alpha, beta, delta, gamma, omega. Like a, a variant comes. We know that. It's supposed to come. We expect that. But the question is, when it comes, we need to make sure our population is taken care of. And, fortunately, we've been able to do that. Now, obviously, now when you talk about these protections kind of going away, like how good and how well are we prepared, which is really the question at hand. How well are we prepared knowing that we don't have the government as the safety blanket? Understanding that if we need a new COVID vaccine, we got to go you know, to Moderna, we got to go to Pfizer, and we got to hope our insurance covers it. We got to hope it, our insurance covers it. That, that's a valid question. And if it doesn't cover it, let's say it does cover it and there's a copay. We got to hope we can afford the copay. And if you don't have insurance, I don't know. So it, it is something where I, I was telling people, if you had an opportunity to get vaccinated, boosted because you haven't done so yet, go ahead and do it. Because there's going to be a time where you're going to go to your local pharmacy. They're going to say, hey, it will be, you know, 50 bucks, it will be 100 bucks. And you're going to be like, what? I, I thought this was free. And someone like me, my voice should be playing in the back uh, of your mind. It was only free during the public health emergency. 
But now that that public health emergency is gone, it's not free no more. Right? Protect yourself. Protect yourself. Protect others, right? This is what we talk about when we mention building our community last week, that it wasn't just us. It was how are we affiliating with our community as a whole. So when you had this country dealing with this virus, our country had to deal with it as a whole. The lockdowns had to be affected by our whole country. Like everyone had to deal with the effects of something that's attributing to the company, the community. So it's one of those things where I think we get lost in thinking that my health is just me and I'm the only one who could take care of myself. But no, no, no. Understand that you are a part of an ecosystem, whether that ecosystem is you and your family, you and your loved ones, you and your gym buddies. Like you're a part of an ecosystem that needs to be addressed and taken care of. So when we talk about this effort, this community effort to, you know, slow down the rate of death and transmission from this virus, when we talk about this community effort, we have to say, wow, will we ever see that level of community coming in? I don't know. I hope not. And let me make sure, because before y'all clip it, the reason why I hope we never have to see this level of community effort as a nation means that something bad happened, like some virus, some fungus. In fact, I was reading about a fungus in, I believe it was in Nevada. We might, we may, I might, I might do my real physician reacts on that. Something happened, right, for that to be the issue, right? So I'm hoping, at least in my lifetime, well, ten people's lifetimes, I'm hoping that we don't have to, we don't ever have to see what it's like for our nation to operate as a community and show its community efforts to get better. I'm hoping we never have to see that. I'm hoping that. We, we recognize from our mistakes and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make sure I shore up the local public health scene so they can kind of deal with the threats before it gets to us. That's what we're hoping for. Obviously, it's something we'll kind of keep an eye on. So again, that is me. I'm Dr. Barry, right? May 11th is the official end of the public health declaration. It's been, it's been a very interesting two plus years dealing with COVID-19, dealing with the effects of COVID-19, surviving COVID-19, because I think a lot of people take for granted that if you are here, you did survive. Even if you felt no symptoms, you did survive. So if you are here, you survived. And I'm hoping that you continue to survive even as we move towards this stage of COVID being endemic, meaning, hey, COVID is just here, y'all. We got to just deal with it. And if we, if we got to deal with it means that I got to run and get a booster every year, sign me up. It just is what it is, right? So again, I'm here truly, Dr. Barry. Remember, if you have not had a chance and you want to join the Lunch and Learn community, join our Patreon. The link will be in the description, drbarrypierre.com slash Patreon. Join our Patreon. And we would love to have you in there. You guys have a blessed and great week. Stay safe. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least 
two to five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.